This is a Soulfire production. You're listening to the Simply Be podcast, episode number 241. Well, hello and welcome back to the show, my beautiful, beautiful friends. I am so excited for this episode. I'm excited for every episode, but sometimes you've got a guest on that you have a true soul to soul connection with. And that is my guest today. Him and I have met each other through the podcasting space and feel like I have some sort of like past life relationship with him. Like he's just an amazing light, a huge bright light. And he's on my show today. I've been on his show twice and we're talking this month. If you're new to the show, welcome. First of all, let me just say thank you so much for being here. I'm your host, Jessica Zweig. If you're not new, you know the drill, which is every single month on the Simply Be podcast, a place where we talk about branding, leadership, entrepreneurship, spirituality, activating your authenticity, living your most truest life. We talk about it all. We pick a theme each and every month that really orients us as a community to consider a collective conversation, an opportunity to grow, a pinpointed prick maybe in your life right now that is relevant, that you want to go deeper on. And these monthly themes are really containers for us to uncover what is possible within us and where we can continue to expand our light. And this month is change your mind, change your life. And my guest today, Craig Siegel, is a walking, talking manifestation of what it looks like when you change your mind and how it changes your life. Craig is a value-based and very high-energy keynote speaker globally and a rising thought leader. He's been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, endorsed by some of the world's most well-known celebrities, entertainers, and athletes like Ed Milette, Suzanne Summers, Alicia Silverstone, Brooke Burke, Daryl Strawberry, Mark Cuban. I mean, this guy has made moves in a very short amount of time. And when I say a short amount of time, I mean in the last couple of years, because when the pandemic happened, Craig had a minute to pause and realize how out of alignment he was in his very lucrative, very comfortable job in Wall Street. And he tells the story today of how he completely self-actualized and changed his entire life and left that world to go off and create his own business called CLS, which stands for Cultivating Lasting Symphony, which is a play on his initials, Craig Landon Siegel. Okay, can you dig it? I mean, amazing. And this business must have struck some chord clearly because he's now impacted millions of lives across the world. He's got an amazing podcast called The CLS Experience, and he's launching his first book this summer called The Reinvention Formula. It's a look inside Craig's ability to remove limiting beliefs, which again is all about changing your mind and how the mind is really the key to unlock all areas of success in your life. And he's really here to help people get over their sense of unworthiness. And I believe that that's really, unfortunately, driving a lot of unconscious beliefs and mindsets and therefore decisions and ways of moving through the world. And Craig just, he's such a masterful teacher. He's so passionate. And what I love so much about him is that he is really, really walking his own walk 
at the same time that he's telling other people to do it. He's so open about his path and his discoveries and his learnings in real time about upgrading his DNA and living more spiritually and connecting to the divine feminine. I mean, he is like an amazing, amazing human being. So if you are ready to reinvent how you think about your life so that you can change your life, this is the episode for you. And I'm so excited for me to have him on my show because I've been on his show quite a few times and this connection is real. Our adoration for each other is genuine and I'm just thrilled to bring his magic and his light and his wisdom and his authenticity to the Simply Be podcast. So without further ado, here is my incredible conversation with Craig Siegel. Craig, I want to start with, first of all, saying I love you. I think it's fair to say I'm obsessed with you. I'm so excited to have you on my show. This is a moment. So welcome. Thank you so much. And usually I'm the one dishing out those intros, but every time you and I get together, we go even deeper and I get a little emotional because like you attested to before we hit record, like it feels like I've known you for years and years and years, but I imagine in some alternative dimension, we probably did. I know we did. There's, there's people you meet in this conscious lifetime where you, you just know you have seen each other before. There's no other explanation for the immediate recognition and understanding and, and soul connection that you and I have had since the second we, we ever jumped on a Zoom. And this will be our third time doing it. But I mean, we're like friends through social media now. And I, just, I feel your energy all the time. And I'm just so pumped to bring you and your magic to my community today. Well, thank you so much. I wanted to switch things up and start off by asking you a quick question. What? Hell yeah. All right. We could, we could start there. We're going to get nuts today because the last time that you and I spoke on my show, which was the second time you talked about how you have a new baseline of joy and the word for your year, which is F U N fun. And I wanted to just check in and making sure you're doubling down on that and you're in that frequency and you're excited about where you're at. So you just said before we hit record, like you've never been happier. And I just, I'm circling back to reflect your question onto you as well, because there's, there's so much alignment between you and I, and I, I almost feel a little anxious in a way, like saying I've never been happier. Like this has been the best time of my life. I feel like more light, more, more me, more aligned, more in flow than I ever have. And that's because I have prioritized joy is my job. Fun is my frequency. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm living it out, Craig. And, and I know that that's something that you have valued and journeyed towards yourself because this Craig that I see today with the book and the business and the fiance and just like the platform and the thought leadership wasn't always, wasn't always the case at all. Like you've, you've come from a completely different, world. And so talk to me. I want to know about like Wall Street, Craig, and like what life was like before you became this avatar version of your authenticity. Yeah, Jess, don't make me go back. But if you insist, just to give the audience some context, I think similar to you, you know, when I was growing up, specifically after college on Wall Street for that 13 years, I was all up in my masculine. And it's funny because if you ask me at that season of life, like what I consider to be success, I would say financial wealth, right? Or security or a nice watch or looking good at the gym, all things that would like 
very immature and unenlightened. And obviously those things are a part of success today, but certainly not all of it. And I was just all about the hustle, the grind. I was basically going about what I thought I was supposed to do based upon the perception that I had society or maybe my parents had for me, right? And after college, you get you get a job and you grind and you know, you can't have fun, you're working. And when people used to say to me, if you find what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I used to think that was like the hokiest thing I ever heard. Like, right, okay. And obviously that couldn't be more true. But ultimately I, I was in that grind. I was working hard. I was making money. That's what was important to me. Just immature. And ultimately, Wall Street was so much fun in the beginning because it was new, it was exciting, it was noisy, a little bit like the movies. But there's so much unpredictability. And let's just let's just be vulnerable and real right now. Like that type of stuff, like you're not exactly putting a dent in the universe. No. You know, like even though like I put my best foot forward to help people and do the best that I can, it just had this like icky feel to it. I'm just being straight up. And then ultimately Wall Street was a lot of fun until it wasn't. And, and so I pivoted and I started my own business in the in finance, not exactly the same, a little bit less stressful. But once again, wasn't exactly putting a dent in the universe. My soul wasn't lit. I was plugged into the matrix, if you will. And then I got into a pretty dark place. And, and then ultimately, a couple of different situations happened. Number one, my dad, my best friend, had got diagnosed with cancer. I had just got out of a toxic relationship. And I was drinking more than I'd like to admit. I think I was trying to escape, if I'm being honest, because my reality sucked. For, for lack yeah, of for sure. Yeah. And then talk about divine intervention. I don't know if I found running or running found me, but I started running a bunch of marathons and it was like a gateway drug to who I would eventually become the person that you're speaking to now. Why? Because I started to find myself. I started to get that confidence. I could do hard things. Mm -hmm. and, and then ultimately the pandemic happened which was an opportunity for me. When I say opportunity, I mean specifically the lockdown because it gave me time to just take a minute and reassess, which I hadn't done for 13 years being a business owner and so forth. And I was able to put it all together. And the rest, as they say, is history. So the pandemic was a pivot point for you. And you, you say, you know, and thank you for sharing the darkness because that is pre-pandemic, pre like when you're burnt out, when you're working so hard, when you're addicted to toxic relationships, work, mm -hmm. money, the hustle, it is, it is the toxic masculine, right? And we all can experience that, not just men, like women, I myself have been in the toxic masculine. Yeah. And sometimes it takes something to kind of bring us to our knees. Usually it does, whether it's unfortunately a death or I'm so sorry, by the way, and a breakup and the pandemic, I know was a huge awakening for so many people. So in that sort of yoking, if you will, that like chrysalis, they say that like when the caterpillar turns into a butterfly, it goes through a chrysalis, which is mush. It literally like melts and dissolves into goo. goo. What, was, what was the impetus for you to like leave Wall Street? And how did you get the vision for what you're doing now? Because what you're doing now is so tactically different than what you were doing before. Yes. And I love the way you describe that. And for me, it's like, look, I didn't have like a drastic thing happen. Like my shark, my arm wasn't bit off by a shark. I wasn't in war, but my pain was my pain, right? Just yeah. like it's pain. Everybody has their own pain, but, but here's the kicker for me. Pain is the portal, right? Because you attested to like, 
it usually happens like like a rebirth, like you go through the canal or something dramatic happens for you where, where you kind of have this different mindset after something that really brings you to your knees. I don't see how you can get to that point if there's no pain involved, right? And so pain was the portal for me. And I just got to a point where in the beginning of the pandemic, when I looked around and I saw so much Netflix, specifically that Tiger show and so much day drinking, I'm just like, I don't know when I'm ever going to have this opportunity again as a business owner on Wall Street. If you're not going 200 miles an hour, you're getting run over. I had a second to breathe and and I was just like, I don't want to go back. Like I would actually rather die than choose to go back and be miserable because I had been buying into this story. I was replaying this movie in my mind that where I was, was, was it for me. And I was stuck. And even like when I'd see like people in good relationships, like on social media, like, okay, it's probably smoke and mirrors. Like I didn't think any of that stuff was possible because I was feeding into that bullshit, if you will, that story. And when the pandemic happened and I just took a second to be available I started to consider that I had a choice, that I can choose a different story. I could change the cast of characters. I can change the plot with my movie, so to speak. And from studying personal development, I just put together a strategy where I essentially took a minute to just assess, like, what do I love? Like, what are my passions? And I had a spiritual moment and the downloads started pouring in. It was like, of course, I've been obsessed with personal development 15 years. Maybe it's more than just a passion. Maybe it's a purpose. And then I said, all right, well, what are my gifts? Spoiler alert, everybody has them, right? And humbly, I can communicate pretty effectively. And, and so just like that, I don't want to be Tony Robbins. I want to be the first Craig Siegel. But literally the next day on a run in Central Park, like it came to me, Cultivate Lasting Symphony, which is the name of my brand. Why the word symphony? Because I'm a strange cat. I always like that word. It's also playing my initial CLS. And literally the very next day, I remember grabbing my iPhone. I didn't even have a laptop, believe it or not, until like six months into CLS. I grabbed, I did like a mission statement. I was speaking to myself and I was just throwing out like a vision. And I thought of it like a 10 lane highway. Each lane would be something else. Speaking, coaching, podcast, book, all that stuff. And I was like, this is great. And then I was like, let's reverse engineer it. What's step one? And I know you're going to love this. Let's become a personal brand. And then let's start putting out content and building a community. We have the intention now and let's see where this thing goes. For the audience listening, I imagine you're thinking, wow, that sounds pretty scary. And just to be clear, I had 300 Instagram followers at the time, which you can argue is less than zero because it was probably my family. But (laughs) for me personally, the cost of inaction was way too high. And like I said, I made it very real. Going back and choosing to be miserable was death for me. So I took my shot. I started putting out content and doors began to open. And for the first time in my life, and, and I know you love to say this, like it doesn't take time. It just takes alignment. For the first time in my life, I was really aligned and I just leaned into it, went nuts. Full body chills. I like want to cry. I have tears in my eyes. My heart is glowing. There were so many nuggets, like so many nuggets in that. I'm going to pull them all out. They, please, they, you know, pain is the portal. Really? I might even name the episode that, you know, that, that just speaks to obviously like we're so aligned on the spiritual path and the point of our human experience and that our souls come here to evolve. And earth is a dualistic reality of fear and love, dark and light. And we have to go through 
contrast in order to really, I think, ultimately find that alignment to go through these hard times. Like, I guess my question for you, Craig, because you're like, you're just this en- enigma <laughs> to me in, in the best way. <laughs> and you. you came, you know, came out and out of Wall Street. I wanted to click in your business and your brand and all the things, the book. But have you always been tapped in? Like, have you always been a spiritual person? Like, how are you raised? Yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, not at all. And look, God bless my parents. Like they've been married for over 50 years. They're a little bit older. They had me a little bit later. I have an older brother. But like, although they're the most loving couple and the best humans I know, they never instilled or injected me from an early age. Like, hey, you could be anything you want. Think positive, do anything you want. They never did that. So I was a bit immature and and I didn't realize like what was possible for me until I stumbled upon personal development, or as I like to call it now, and in the new book, human development, and how we, where we're at is not an indication of what's possible. We can actually cultivate confidence, right? We, we can raise our vibration, which makes us more available to all the abundance out there. And I stumbled upon that stuff when I got to Wall Street, which is probably one of the reasons why I was successful at that time, at that season on Wall Street. But I was still a mindset guy through and through, masculine energy. It wasn't until about a year and a half ago where I really bought into all this woo-woo stuff and, and I had reread The Secret. And it's funny because you can watch or read a, a book for the second or third time at a different season of life and have yeah. a totally different experience. Yes. And I did about a year and a half ago with the law of attraction stuff. And I feel like I've been in the quantum ever since. And I never looked back. And for the first time in my life, now I'm seeing manifestations in real time. And although there is a season of grind and still like certain seasons require a hustle, like a book launch and stuff like that. Now I understand and I'm able to tap in to yes. all this other stuff, the 99% realm, so to speak. So it's all still new to me. Probably one of the reasons why you and I hit it off so fast because I can't talk about this stuff enough straight up. Yes, yes. Quantum, the quantum is more real than the 3D reality that we're all Correct. swimming in called, you know, our programming in the matrix. the matrix. And once you get that opening and you click and you understand that it's really a game of free frequency and energy and intention and embodiment. And that from that place, you become aligned and from alignment, you manifest. Mm. And the more you focus on your joy, which is your highest vibration. Like I think of us as like antennas, right? And when we're contracted, when we're stressed, when we're in fear, we're closed and we can't, we can't, the universe can't hear our signal and our signal only raises when we're in a positive vibration versus a negative vibration. And when we make that our job, when we make that our focus, fuck, the universe just becomes so magical. <laughs> like we become so empowered and, and powerful. And so back to what you had said at the very end, when you were like, it's not about necessarily like creating the perfect strategy, but just really getting into alignment. What did you say about how you started at 300 Instagram followers? Like what, what was that? It was so good. I had 300 Instagram followers at the time, which was like less than zero. Uh, I forgot what I said. Something about just, I don't know. I just leaning. It in. was just, yeah. Yeah. Like we, we think that we have to get the strategy, the, the content, the, like it, the roadmap all laid out, but, but in order for it to really honestly happen faster and like the way we want it to, at least we think we want it to, but it could be better if we get into alignment, which yep. you did. Yeah. And now you're, you've got, you know, over a, 100,000 plus plus followers, your podcast blew up. Like, 
you got the book deal. Like, like what, let's break this down for people because you know, I, I know people are listening and be like, well, fuck, like I, I want to get from 300 or a couple hundred Instagram followers to a couple hundred thousand. So I want to start a podcast that has, you know, Ed Milet on it and, and talk to all these insane thought leaders and become one myself. And so can you talk to us practically, tactically of the steps you took to do that, you know, from, from a strategic standpoint, sure. But more so the alignment, like what does that actually look like? Yeah. Hell yeah. And that's the billion dollar question. And I think of it as like two things. Number one, yes, there's practical strategies that were involved, but before I dive into that, I want to just say like, I think most people in life, they think because, and I say this with confidence because I have contrast, I was this cat. I think that most people think that they need the things, the money, the car, the relationship, or the materialistic stuff to generate that lit feeling where your soul is lit. That was me forever. But the reality is, is it's incorrect. You have to activate that lit soul now by getting into alignment. And the irony is, is once you do that, you end up manifesting all those things that you wanted and then some anyway, right? So for me, I really love this personal development stuff. Like straight up, if I had a billion dollars in the bank, which I don't yet, I would still be doing exactly what I'm doing, more specifically having this conversation with you because I love this stuff because I suffered for so long. And I want everybody to know that reinvention is ready when they are. And I also want to reinvent how we were taught to think of reinvention, but we can get into that later. Yeah, we are just do practical steps. Like I had this vision and I'm very big on having a vision, have the whiteboards, the journals, all that stuff. For sure. But I like to marry the process and divorce the outcome. So although it's true, you can't hit the target, you can't see, you set the intentions and then kind of forget about it. Okay, but what can I actually do today to get going, right? And so I branded myself with CLS and I started putting out content that consisted of tangible strategies that people can utilize to elevate their frequency, to change their mindset for the good and so forth. But here's the thing. People think that that's enough. It's not because it doesn't matter how good your content is. If there's nobody there to see it, it goes for nothing, right? So I started making a real emphasis on building a community, which I know you did as well. Mm-hmm. And the way I was able to, and this is an eight-figure conversation when I was straight up, but people take it and execute. I started making connections. I went to lookalike audiences with people that would be similar to what I'm speaking about. I would introduce myself. I would bring them to my Facebook groups and stuff like that, and just build awareness. I wasn't looking to sell anything or anything of that nature. My number one priority for the first few months of CLS was to add value and build a community. And when I really doubled down and putting out good content or what I thought was good at the time, obviously I look back now and I've grown so much, but that's part of the, of the process, right? Give yourself permission to be less than perfect. I was forming a little bit of a buzz. I was creating that Hollywood hype, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. You just love, 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 love that you said that eight figure strategy right there. Write it down. People want the shortcut. People want like some sort of secret formula. It's just like adding value, pouring into your community, staying consistent, creating great, valuable content and the light, the light, activating that light. Cause I'm going to tell you something, Craig, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I like got... I ended up on your show. Like you reached out, I think to me personally, or somebody reached out and invited me on. And I looked, I looked you up by like glanced at it. And I was like, 
he's legit. Like he's had this person on a show and this person on a show. I like his following. He's got a clear brand. Like all of these things were like, okay, yeah, I want to have a conversation with this guy. But I, that was kind of it. I skimmed it. And then, and I'm pretty much like, I'm a gut person. I just follow my instinct and it's like either a hard yes. And if it's not a hard yes, it's a hard no. <laughs> and then I got on the Zoom with you. I remember our very first like minute of talking and I, your energy like pierced through the computer. And I was like, yo, this guy is so different. Like you really embody such authenticity and such passion. And I remember thinking to myself, I didn't even tell you this in the first few seconds of our conversation. I was like, yeah, no, no wonder Mark Cuban has like wanted to talk to this guy. Like no wonder, like he's, he's the real deal. And you can't make that I just had a an, a photographer on my podcast the other day who's like photographed Justin Bieber and Usher and you know Gabby Bernstein and Tony Robbins like Lewis Howes like this is this is this insane personal brand photographer and I asked him I said what makes someone have an it factor and he said it's they truly have a world vision they want to help as many people as they possibly can they they are incredibly well read and do their own work and they have a clear message. And I just got the chills and you, you check off of those boxes in spades and you you just really have broken down so tactically, so beautifully how other people can do this too. It's not a secret. It's not like belongs to the the few and not the many. It belongs to all of us. And I know that I want to transition to your book because you've written a book that is really for the many. And it's called the reinvention formula. What happened with this book deal? I want to talk about how the book deal manifested. And then we'll talk about the, the, the nuts and bolts of the book itself. Yeah. So when I started, like I explained earlier, like one of the lanes of the 10 lane highway was a book, but I didn't want to rush it. I didn't want to rush anything. Right. And one thing that I would suggest to the audience, if you are building a personal brand, which if you're listening to Jess, I imagine you are, or it's something you should consider is you got to have that long game mentality. And what I mean by that is it doesn't mean it's going to take five, 10 years. It means that it all compounds, right? So continue to add value, show up, extend your reach, do the right things. And so for me, the book deal was on the whiteboard. And I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't want to self-publish my first book. I wanted to be the major publishing house. I just wanted like, I think of like a movie, like with a studio behind it. And I just, yeah. that support, that, that's just where my, my thought process was right or wrong, just for me. And so I, I set that intention, right? But, but I kind of divorced from the outcome and I just started marrying the process and doing all these things and creating relationships and adding value and extending the reach and building the podcast and the brand and so forth. And then they came to us, which from what I understand, never happened. Usually, and you know better than anyone, like you make a proposal, you have a lit agent and and you pitch it around. Wiley came to us. They were just coming off a huge success with Ed Milet's book and so forth. And I negotiated, so secret, a little bit higher amount. And and I wasn't afraid to lose the deal. I think that's something I never publicly said out loud. But it, but if you want to like do big, massive things, you can't be afraid to lose them, right? Because you know what you have to offer. And so then if it's not them, it'll be somebody else. And, and so we negotiated and we got the deal done. And then it came down to writing the thing, right? So it's funny because I started writing it. I went to New York City Library, I had a great session. It was there for like two hours and I came home and I was like, I wonder how many words this is. I thought I, I thought I wrote half the book. It was like maybe 2000 words and I had 50,000. I was like, holy shit, you know, this is gonna be a little more challenging than I thought. 
But then I created a process for myself. Basically, December 2022, I just went nuts. Every single day, I'd wake up at 4 a.m. before the world. It was still pitch black. And I'd write for about an hour, an hour and a half, maybe a thousand words, sometimes 1,500. And then the book started to write itself straight yes. up. And, and then by the end of that month, I, I was done. And, and even now, like, it's going to come out. You wrote it in a month? Sorry, pause. You wrote the rest of it in a month? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's incredible. And, and you know what's interesting is, I could have wrote more, like hitting that 50,000 word. Yeah. Like that wasn't a challenge once I got going. And, and you know this, like when you give birth to a book, it's like your baby. And, and I was going back into time on things that I haven't really thought about in like 20 years. And it was therapeutic. It was emotional. It was all the things. And it was just a beautiful process. And so I think the way I was able to manifest it was look, you know this even better than I do when it comes to like energy and resistance and stuff. When you want something so bad, when you're so fixated on a goal, you're almost preventing it from happening because you're afraid not to get it, right? Yeah. So I, I did set the intention for the book deal, but but then I just let it go and I just did the work. And then it came back around and it was a great opportunity and we doubled down on it. First of all, I just want to say sidebar. I just got my, I just accepted my second book deal and I have a really tight turnaround. Thank you. I have three and a half months and I'm like kind of freaking out a little bit. And just to hear that is such an expander for me. So thank you. You just gave me such a gift. Yeah. I can't Can wait we... for your second book, by the way, because we were talking last time. I know this one's a little, a little different. Oh so, yeah. It's real different. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, we'll talk about that another time, but sure. you channeled the reinvention formula. I love the 4am pitch black mornings, like the book wrote itself. You called upon like stored memories. What is this book? What did it, what did it come to be? Yeah. It's so crazy because I didn't want it to be like a memoir because I'm only 37 years young. Right. And I just kind of reinvented myself. So it's not like I'm Walt Disney, right. Or Steve Jobs yet. But I also didn't want it to be a typical self-help book with principles because I, I've read enough of those. And, and although there's usually something great to extract from them, it's a little repetitive. Agreed. So, yeah. So I, I just started telling a bit about my story and extracting all the lessons that I learned on my journey, how they're applicable to life. But also because I've been shopping the axe for the last 15 years, like people think CLS was an overnight success, but I'd been so deep into this personal development stuff for 15 years. I mean, NLP, law of attraction, Kabbalah, like you name it. Like I have journals on journals on journals. So I had so much to tap into. It was all, it's all been there. And so I extracted a lot of the great lesson, even like movies. Like I talk a lot about The Greatest Showman, which is a movie that really inspired me. And that guy, P.T. Barham, just has no limitations with his creativity and so forth. And I just told my story, but also all the unbelievable lessons and the inspirational content that I learned and then applied throughout the journey. So I feel very confident in saying the world hasn't seen a book quite like this one yet, just based upon, no pun intended, the formula of it. Can you give us a sneak preview of what what the formula entails? Yeah, so (laughs) I love you. So there's that. Uh, Just all, all the life lessons, like from the marathons, to, you know, I got hit by a car last year, which is crazy. And I think I told you that I hit and run in New York City. Physically, I was okay, which is crazy. But emotionally, it shook me up what that taught me. I also, there was a tumor in my foot when I was at a speaking engagement two years ago, which I had to get surgery to get taken out. And I still ended up running the marathon a month later. 
just all the things that I learned, the ways I've been able to tap into like another dimension, like, like a higher vibe, higher frequency, how it could be more available. And also how to handle disappointment, right? Because when you really put yourself out there in life, obstacles, adversity, challenges, disappointment, it's a part of the process, right? So, yeah. so you better learn to not necessarily always just embrace it, but be able to find silver linings in it and not stay down too long, right? Like not the victim mentality, so to speak, and just so many different things. And I'm a big movie guy. So aside from The Greatest Showman, I talk about some other things. One of the stories that I talk about in the book is the four minute mile, which in case your audience isn't familiar with, basically no one could break the four minute mile for hundreds of years. And then all of a sudden one person did, and then everybody did. Now, what really happened there, right? Someone showcased what's possible and then everybody bought in and that place that had a big impact on me as well. It's just different. There's just so many different things and it's everything that I know so far to be true and what I think can help people. And also, of course, we talk about personal branding, how to date your audience, sales, all that stuff. That's what I'm saying. It's just a little bit of everything. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to read this. Yeah. Genuinely. Craig, yeah. I honestly like you're one of those people I just you meet, you're like, I've said it before, like I, I love you and I cannot <laughs> wait to get to know you better in this book. And it sounds just obviously so beautifully balanced of your personal story and also in service of the reader, which is really the whole magic of a book. And I'm like beyond, beyond excited for you. Yeah, thank you. And also I just want to say this, I never publicly said this at all, but I have a feeling it's going to be really relatable for you. I have a chapter about falling in love, right? But what's going to surprise the audience, because most of my community audience knows that I recently got engaged. Although, yes, I talk about my fiance, Beta Alessia. What I really meant for that chapter was I finally started to fall in love with myself yeah. in that pandemic and, and who I am and forgive myself from where I'm at mm. and, and all the mistakes or lessons that I learned along the way. And once I really started doing that, there's really no like, stronger aside from your faith just like a, like a confidence that you can have when you really love yourself and i think that played a huge role in, in for me expanding and yes. really reinventing myself in this world and i know it has for you as well yeah well it reminds me of one of my absolute favorite quotes ever it's like like a me myself course on instagram but it's like people can only meet you as deeply as you have met yourself and isn't that good unbelievable just penetrated my soul. Yes. And, and as we're talking about falling in love, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about as I've been on this journey to deeply know myself, not only has it allowed me to enrich in my relationship with my partner, but it's allowed me to fall in love with people like wherever I go. Like I remember I went to a conference many years ago in Jamaica, A-Fest, Mind Valley, Vision. I don't know if you know. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to one of his like big conferences and I met a, a whole bunch of incredible people that weekend. And one of my dear friends to this day is this guy named Ashuk. Shout out to Ashuk. And I remember him telling me at the end of the three-day conference that he loved me as we were saying goodbye. He like hugged me. He's like, I love you, Jessica. And I was like, how can you say you love me? We just met. And, and I wasn't challenging him. I was just kind of like taking it in. He goes. I don't have to know you forever to love you. I can meet you, see your soul and feel love for you. And I think that when we learn to love ourselves the way you do your point, we just, we open up the capacity to experience life just with so much more 
connection and joy and just the way the human experience should feel. And we build real, we build real relationships that become, you know, impactful in so many ways. And you've really been clearly walking that walk with your whole CLS platform and to hear you break it down in a book and just this conversation around self-love, I think has so many layers and you really do have to deeply meet yourself first in order to call in any kind of love. So thank you for, for sharing that because it's such an important message. And also one thing that I put into place, but I didn't actually articulate until I saw you talk about this, something that you love to say. And this, I hope this hits home for the audience is you are the vibe, right? You are the vibe. Yes, you are. Once I realize that like, I'm not going to be for everyone and that's okay. But what's most important is I show up as the real me, authentic, real, raw, strange, weird and for the first time in my life, I, that was the only guarantee I made for myself when I started CLS, because you can't guarantee all the success, whatever, but I guarantee that I would show up as the real me for the first time in my life. Not a people pleaser, just me. And if people didn't gravitate, that's okay. But I could live with that. And the irony is, is I was the vibe and that's what people resonated and connected with. I'm going to cry. Like I have tears in my eyes again, because it's just so good. And it's so fucking true. Like the vibration we're all energy. Everything is energy. That's quantum science. That's Albert Einstein. We, we are all just vibrating atoms and neutrons and electrons. And when we really embody our own energy, like when we turn it on, when we make no apologies for it, when we get clear on what that even means, we are going to vibrate at a certain frequency, the vibration of our authentic truth. And there will be energy matches. Like people will magnetize to you. But then there are going to be people who have an opposite vibration or a different vibration that are going to repel or revert or go in a different direction because like they don't relate. They don't resonate. That's okay. That's amazing, actually. And your story is just such a beautiful example of what it means to like double down on your own vibe. Yeah. And like, for those of you that are like, well, you know, I care what people think and I get that. And I'm not going to tell you, like, don't care about what anybody thinks because as humans, we're actually wired to care what people think. Just be selective, care about what the right people think and be okay with the fact that you're not going to be everyone's vibe. That's good because it's like life providing you a real authentic filter. Let those people go, right? Because you're not necessarily outgrowing them. They have a choice to grow with you. And if they don't, that's okay. But the best part is, is, when you continue to go deeper and lean into who you really are, the right people end up gravitating to like me and you, like towards yeah. each other, your partner, yeah. your relationships, all that stuff. Yeah. And it just makes life so much more pure and, and blissful and straight up beautiful. Yes. And something, by the way, like for someone who has like masculine, so purely divinely like and activate, activated in them, you have the feminine in you as well. And I really... I know you are and I can see it. And it's just, I I often say that one of my philosophies is like women who are in their empowered divine masculine will help to rule the world, like lead the world. And men who are in their divine feminine are going to help heal the world. Mm. Like we're so imbalanced. And to see you rise into this new understanding. I love that you said you're 37 years young. I can't wait to see where you're going to be when you're like 47, 57, 90. You're going to be like a sage, a wise one. But you really are. You know, I probably will be too. Like you, you just have like ingrained and ingrained wisdom at this age, but truly, and something I was just going to reflect. And I think it's important 
for our audience to hear this because it's easy to look at someone like you and me and be like, okay, they got clear, they got aligned, they found their vibe, they don't care as much about what people think. And I'm still afraid, you know, and it still feels uncomfortable for me. And something that has really been coming true for me because I've gone through waves of caring what people think, of course. And there's this Teddy Roosevelt quote, I'm going to botch it, but it's about the man in the arena. What am I hearing? Yes. And it's, it's really easy to throw shade or throw mud when you're sitting in the stands. Yeah. But when you're in the arena and your face is marred with blood and sweat, you know, and you're failing greatly, uh, the credit does go to that person in the arena, despite what happens and what anyone thinks of them. And you just, you want to, you are a person in the arena and I want to encourage people to be conscious of where they're sitting because you've really demonstrated what's possible when you risk and you double down on yourself and you get bloody and all of the beautiful things that you have created from taking that journey and choosing to reinvent yourself. And I just really applaud you. I receive all that. And could you and I be any more aligned straight up? Like we had our first huge live event last week in New York city. And I started the event by reading that exact poem. Shut up. I swear to you. And I couldn't agree more. And it's interesting because when you really, for all of you that are listening right now, when you really receive what Jess is saying, it also makes you look at other people differently now. Like when it comes to something that plagues a lot of people, which is comparison syndrome. Now, when you see other people really going for it and doing their thing, you're probably not going to be triggered because you'll see they're in the arena too. Good for them. If they could do it, I could do it. Something along the lines of that. But basically what you're saying is for anyone that is throwing shade or or looking at you with some sort of resentment, whatever the case may be, there's a good chance that those cats aren't in the arena or else they wouldn't have the time to throw shade your way. Thank you. That was exactly my point. And I'm I'm happy we hammered it home and spoke to that last week as sign from the divine that it was meant to come into this conversation too. That's beautiful alignment. As if we needed more clues. We need to meet person. We need to like make that happen. I know you're in New York. I go between Nashville and Chicago. I missed you when you were here for the Chicago, when you were in Chicago for the marathon, yeah. but I know we're going to, we're going to meet in person one of these days, Craig. And in the next month or two. Know. Yeah. You are one of my like biggest inspirations and you champion who I am in the world, like so hard. And I just want you to know how mutual that is. And I've been looking forward to this interview since since it got on the schedule and, and I'm just so honored that you're and, and excited. I should say that you're, you're launching this book into the world. It's, it's time for you. Yeah. Thank you. And I want to acknowledge you. I have so much love for you. And like, there's a lot of noise out there with thought leaders in the space and so forth, but your stuff is something I really gravitate towards. And, and like when you do your quotes and, and so to speak, like it always feels like it's literally, you wrote it right for me, for my soul. And I know that's the intention, but for other people as well, I just love what you're all about. And I love the journey that you're on. And also like you just got back from Egypt and all the things that you learned in there and that you're applying and so forth. Just you're a dope soul. And I'm so excited to build a friendship with you and you inspire me right back. That's the beauty of this friendship is that we elevate each other. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It, it is a rising tide raises all ships. So 
happy to be on this journey with you, Craig. I have, you know, speaking of my journey, your journey, you know, my brand and everything I'm about is related to this one phrase, simply be, you know, it has lots of layers. It's a, it's a mantra. It doesn't just, you know, belong on the name of my agency or podcast or tattoo here on my wrist. I think it's a phrase that belongs to everybody. And so I would love to know when you hear those two words, what do they mean to you? Yeah. I think of radical authenticity. I think of like for the audience, what are you good at? What have you been denying? Like for me, for years, I knew that I was here for something bigger than I was currently doing, like more of an impact, a contribution, but I was denying it. I wasn't simply being, right? Was going about being plugged into the matrix, doing what I thought I was supposed to do. During the pandemic, when I finally went all in with the real Craig Siegel, I was for the first time in my life simply being. And it was scary because it was new. But now I would actually be petrified to be anything but the real me. And so when I think of simply be, I think of showcasing everything that makes you great. You are the vibe, all the attributes and characteristics that make up you. And ultimately, when you double down on that, don't be surprised how the right people gravitate towards you and doors begin to open. So to me, simply be means being 100% true, real, authentic, straight up. Oh, everyone take notes. That was so good. And so, so embodied because you're living it. Where can people find you, listen to you, buy your book, follow you? Tell us all the places. Yeah. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, the CLS experience on social media at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. By the time this airs, you'll be able to pre-order the reinvention formula anywhere you buy books. Want to look at our communities and stuff like that? You can go to the website, cultivatelastingsymphony.com and come say hello. You'll get a message back from me. More than likely, it's probably me. I love to connect. I love to interact. Don't be shy. Come say hello. Well, thank you for saying hello to my community today for the first time. They're going to fall in love with you the way I did. And just thank you for being you. Thank you for simply being you. And I know that this is just the beginning for, for, for us and our friendship but I, I just can't wait to see where you go next. Thank you so much for having me, Jess. So much love for you. Just the beginning, like you said. Sky's the beginning. 